Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry. The world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Brian Austin Green. I'm Shauna Burgess. And I'm Randy Spelling. And you are listening to Oldish, an iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome to Oldish, everybody. Hi, Randy. everybody. Hey, hi, everybody. Oh, Dude, Randy, I love I you love doing the intro. I love so it. Do it's I. it takes so much pressure off of me because <laughs> I never I never really know how to start. I'm like, and go. And it's like, go <laughs> go with what? Hi. It, like, right. you know. Isn't that so funny? With all the episodes we've done, Randy and I are under the impression that Bri, you love doing the intro and that it's like I, you just jump in and go for it, but you're like, can anyone else speak? It was just a little miscommunication. I just jump in and go for it, but the intro is sort of like the it's the anticipation before the starting gun goes off, you know? So it's like, I just want to fire the starting gun and just for us to get running. So it's like, I, that is very I, you. I damn near almost just want to make a sound. Like I don't even want to say hello, everybody. <laughs> you Teddy, do. You I, grunt I, sometimes. I just want to, uh, yeah. That's what I should do. I'm going to go, I'm going to go buy a starting gun and I'm just going to start going bang. Uh, and then, and then we go. Ooh, an air horn. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the, the go, running baby. one that you get. Totally. All right. Good there for everyone's go. nervous system. Yeah, I think uh, everyone's going to love that driving on their way <laughs> right. to work yeah. with an air and gun going go, uh, Oh, Jesus. Oh, you know what? man. Welcome this... to another episode. Here we are. <laughs> I want to point something out, though, because okay. how many times do you share something, right? And and you share, oh gosh, I was I was really nervous to do this. And the other person goes, you know what? Me too. And you look at them and you say, No, come on, you? You're so good in this situation. Or were you really? And you realize that a lot of times people are could be feeling similar to you, but you kind of isolate yourself, like, oh, I'm just yeah. feeling this and no one totally. else is. Yeah, yeah, I'm on an island and one of one with my feelings. Yeah, I think I think the thing that I think the thing that separates people is majority of people feel nervous before things and feel anxiety before things and all that. It's the difference in how a person deals with that. Like for me, I feel nervous. I feel anxiety. I'm used to that on set. Like before every take, I it's I, I have I have that feeling of like, oh my god, what's going to happen? Like, how is this going to go? You know, is it going to go well? It's, you start running through all that uh, in your mind, but then it's like, oh, do I either, you know, cower in the corner and like freeze up to it, or do I just kind of grab the bull by the horns and just go for the ride? And that's kind of how I feel, even in something as simple as as an intro on this or a hello, everybody. It's like, let's just get in and do it. Like, I'm excited to see where this goes because I know that this nervousness and all all of that is because I care. So totally. uh, nerves are so, a good thing. I used to say that about dance all the time. The day that I'm not nervous is the day that I should the, right. Should the think day that I should hang else. up my shoes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. I'm so happy that you both are saying this because I have fallen into the category before anyone else out there with me <laughs> that be like, oh, they're professional. 
like, oh, Sharn is a professional dancer. She's done this yeah. so many times. Of course she doesn't get nervous. Brian, he's been acting since he was a little kid. Of course he doesn't get nervous. Like Randy speaking on stage or, you know, leading a group or coaching people doesn't get nervous. My first coaching videos for the first year, it was just me in my office. I had a camera pointed at me. The second that I would hit record, I would start shaking. I would get yeah. so nervous. Right. And I think a lot of people feel the same, like, oh, I feel nervous, therefore I can't do this. It's a sign as opposed to let's move through this. It's just yeah, practice. Nerves are, good. nerves are good. It's practice. It's like, you know, I, I tell everybody like it's the more you do something, the less nervous you get about whether you can do it or not. And you now are just getting nervous because of the anticipation of, oh boy, here it comes. I can't wait to see what happens, but it takes... It's just doing something repetitively. It's kind of the same mm. thing in life. We always talk about it in meditating and living consciously. It's it doesn't come nat it didn't come natural to me. It's something that I literally worked on every single day. And I still every single day, every moment, something that comes up, it's I have to take a second to think, okay, how do I want to handle this? How do I want to, how do I want to be in this? Do I, you know, it's like, I really have to keep myself in check and make sure that I'm on the path that I want to be. And that to me, that happens in everything. And it shows itself in so many ways. It shows itself in before work starts being nervous, the, the anxiety that you can feel about something coming up. So you just have to like get used to, to me, you just have to get used to doing it. You just have to continue to do it no matter how it feels until it starts feeling better. You know, it's it, that I think that happens with everything. When you're sitting down you're and you're going to draw a picture or you're going to work on a song or you're going to write an essay, it's like you, it takes that minute to really get into it unless you are doing it all of the time. And it's like, if you're writing every single day, then you're not, there's no anxiety sitting down in front of a pad with a pen going, right. Oh my God, am I going to, am I going to freeze up? Am I going to know what I'm, what to talk about? Do I, you know, I haven't done this in so long. It's like, Oh no, I do this every single day. So it just mm -hmm. becomes, I think it's just habit. The more you do something, what about uh, the more with, comfortable you do. What you, about you with new things, baby? Like, cause have you, and you and both Randy and Bri, have you ever had something new come up for you that there is part of you that knows it's so right for you and that maybe you've been calling it in or whatever and it's right there, but you get so nervous and then the universe offers you an option B that isn't exactly what you've been calling an escape, it, but it's an, an emergency exit. An, mm -hmm. an escape. Yeah. I have taken that emergency exit. Thank you, yeah. right? I have taken that before. And there are a few opportunities in in like the past for me where I'm like, damn it, I should have leaned into that discomfort. I should have like, I should have leaned into it and taken the thing that was harder because it was going to be way more rewarding instead of being terrified that it wasn't going to work out for me. One of those was being in Chicago on Broadway. This is going really? back. Yeah, this is going back like mm, five-ish years. It was after my season with James, James Hinchcliffe. And I had the opportunity. I still would have had to do another round of auditions, don't get me wrong. But I had the opportunity to go and play um, on Chicago in Broadway, on Broadway, sorry. And then the Dancing with the Stars tour came up and I said no. And I said no. And suddenly they offered me money that I could not resist. And I, it was the universe testing me, like, how much do you want it? How much do you want this next step? Because I've always wanted to go back to Broadway. And I took the tour. No regrets because that tour also helped me buy my house. Like it, each option was great, but I know that I should have leaned into uh, the discomfort and been like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into this round of auditions and I'm gonna see what happens. I'm gonna see what plays out and trust that maybe I could actually do. There's this. that part now, like Sharna is, um, she's in acting class and she's like really getting into, uh, into the craft of that. And there's a part of me, I, because I haven't been in a class for so long. I've studied private with people when I have a specific script and a project. It's like, hey, let's break it down and do. So you know, I'm. I'm way more comfortable being on a set or working on a script or doing things like that. The concept though, of being in a class and getting up on stage in front of everybody, because I haven't done it in so long, even though I know, like, I know I can act and I know I'm fine doing that. The like worry and anticipation for me of actually doing that is 
crazy high when, when Sharna <laughs> talks about like, oh, we're putting it up next week. And then, oh, we'll put it up the week out. It's like, oh my God, how do you, like, I would much rather be on a set um, in yeah. front of cameras and a crew. And because I, I'm used to that. I'm comfortable with that. I haven't done the other stage thing for so long. Mm. Um, that I get crippling anxiety, not, by the way, but it's not crippling. Like, do you stop me from doing it? That I think that's oh, the sure. key. The whole way leading up to a scene, I'll be working on it and, you know, doing it. And I work on it with Bri a little bit, but I definitely want to like build my own process and and mm -hmm. and do my work. But uh, I will talk to him about it and I'll be like, it's terrible. It sucks. I can't do this. It's, <laughs> oh, no. it's, it's horrendous. I've got no future here. And then I'll come back after doing it and I get the most amazing reviews from my coach and the people around. That An amazing it, rush like, too when it goes well. Yeah. And this being on a stage again, where it feeds this part of my soul, the lights are on and I'm there and I'm doing it and I'm in it. And then suddenly it's over and it's like, wait, what happened? You know, it's the best feeling, but leading up to it, I am like sweating bullets. It is. Yeah. is that a, that's a saying, right? Sweating bullets. Sweating I, bullets. Yeah. I am freaking out that it's just, it's not going to be authentic or I'm not, what business do I have being here? Imposter syndrome. I've been a dancer my whole life. Like all sorts of things coming in to tell me that I can't do it. And then I just get there and I step into it. And there is a natural performer in me that kicks in for throughout my life of being on a stage. And every single time I love it. And every single time it ends up amazing. <laughs> but I'm yeah. doubting it the whole way. Sharna is one of those though, that works so well under pressure. Like she does not crack under pressure when she is in a high pressure situation and the coach needs like the cleanup to, you know, to come up to bat and like save, save the game. Sharn is the one that'll save the day. Yeah. That's a huge compliment. Babe. I love you. Thank you for saying But that. it's what, but I mean, it's what you've done for so long. You right. are that person that under pressure will get and out deliver. in front of a room full of people and deliver every single time, even when the odds are stacked against you, when you have an injury, when you have something that it, like a gymnast, you see, you know, that, someone will hurt their knee or do something and then they'll go on to win the gold. And you're like, I cannot believe that that person against those odds still continued to do what they do. And Sharna does the same thing. Mind over matter. Is that what it is? I mean, is that. I, my whole life just... of being coached. It's like, it's a bunch of different things. It's mind over matter. Um, pain is just a word. I can't remember what that saying is, but um but also fake it till you make it. If you fall, make it a move. Like there's all the sell it. It's these things that you grow up in the entertainment or the dance world of like, whatever it is, you can make it something. You just don't let the, the fall break you. Let it become something that makes you, right? Mm. So if I go out there and I forget all my lines, I know my story. So I can, I can make some stuff up to get from point A to point B. I know how I'm feeling. I can, I can keep it going. If I go out on the dance floor and I forget my moves, I can freestyle it until my brain switches back on and finds what it's meant to be. If I fall, I will try and make it a thing. You know, there's, that's always been my, and every dancer, when you go out on the floor, that's it. You don't have one mistake and you're like, well, I'm just going to give up now and walk And I'm off. just going to sit down. <laughs> I'm just going to sit and, down and, and not just, finish and it. Just listen to the rest of the song. You, you know? always finish the show, <laughs> always must go on. Uh, and there is always a way to fix it. Yeah. That's where some of that training really pays off. I was saying to someone the other day too, I, I feel that every child, every adult should have at least one improv class of some sort under mm, them. Absolutely. Um, because it's just so valuable to take something that's coming and say, how are you going to work with it? Not to shut down, not right. to turn around and go away, but how are you going to use this in a way to push something forward? I think improv classes too, what, what, came about for me when I was younger was it really helped me break down that fear of making a fool out of myself of like, mm. you know, being judged for what it is I was doing. It's like when you're up on stage and they're just, and the audience is throwing you a place where you are and what your job is. And, the, and then it's like, and go, you're just kind of in this place of like, okay, it's not about the mistakes that I make now. It's it's literally just about keeping this going as long as I possibly can. Um, yes. And it was it was amazing for my confidence when I was younger because I really had a sense of like, oh, I can, 
if I can do all of this ridiculous stuff, pretending to be an animal and all these things, you know, in front of people, I can, <laughs> right. I can, I can do this anywhere. Like this is, I'm not afraid of, of this at all. Mm. You know, who's a good example of this. <laughs> My daughter, we were on a plane, um, uh, a couple months ago and they haven't watched that many movies and there is a terrible movie selection on the plane. So, uh, there was dumb and dumber. And I said, okay, you can watch dumb and dumber. And, and she it's was like one of the greatest movies. She was kind of offended. <laughs> she really, she was like, really? I, I, I can't Yeah, Jim Carrey drove her absolutely crazy, but it wasn't Jim Carrey. It was, uh, the I character. think it's Lloyd. I, I don't Lloyd. remember which one it was, but the character Lloyd that he Christmas. played with the chip tooth. Yeah. Lloyd yeah. Christmas. Yeah. And <laughs> she was telling me her feelings about it. And when we were talking, I was saying, here's the thing. Cause she said, all my friends love Jim Carrey. They say he's so good at what he does. He's so good at improv. And when you really look at it to play a character like that, or, you know, Ace Ventura, pet detective and commit to that level of absurdity and yeah. foolishness and physical mm. comedy, that's hard to do because you're just throwing yourself into something that feels so awkward and ridiculous, mm -hmm. but yet you have to find the truth in it. Right. You know? Right. He's amazing. Like not He's to amazing. go on a Jim Carrey rant, but like the outtakes for him on like Liar Liar, the bloopers and the, when yeah. you see him just throwing stuff out there and just trying anything. And the people around him are just like trying <laughs> their absolute best to stay like stone-faced. Yeah, to keep it, it together. Yeah. Could yeah. you imagine working with him? Absolutely unreal. I That would be incredible. We watched Dave Chappelle's newest special and he talks about meeting Jim Carrey, talks about him being the one of the greatest of all times, him as an actor. He met Jim when Jim was doing uh, Man on the Moon. And so he was playing uh, Andy, oh, yeah. Kaufman. Uh, Andy Kaufman. And like I famously, the stories are he, Jim literally became Andy and um, was Andy all day long, all night long, all on set. Nobody could call him Jim. Everyone had to refer to him as Andy. And he was just a thousand percent that guy for the whole thing. And Dave was a huge fan of Jim and uh, got an offer. Who was it? Like Norm MacDonald or somebody, right? Someone that was like, like that, oh, yeah. hey, you want to come down to set and meet Jim? And Dave was, was like, like yes. yeah, absolutely. And he got back and he was like, man, I had to hang out with Andy Kaufman all day. Like, <laughs> I didn't you know, get Jim. I, I so respect the process, but man, was I disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he was like, Jim. And everyone was like, no, <laughs> don't say you Jim. Call yeah. Andy. Yeah. What Amazing. About, have you seen him lately? Have you heard any of? Oh, he's uh, unreal. Yes. Who? Very Jim? interesting. Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. Yeah. So he he's amazing doesn't really act as much anymore, no. maybe very few and far between, but is like deeply, deeply spiritual. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like deeply in it. Um, that's a, that's a, a big turn. I mean, so much so that when he refers to himself, he, he talks about depression and he said that he was playing a role of Jim Carrey. That, that mm. you know him being depressed and whatever was because he was playing that role so he identified with that self and that self of jim carrey was depressed or would have these thoughts but like he sunk deeper somehow into it's going to sound out there but like into his whatever th this consciousness is beyond yeah. the identity or persona of jim carrey right. and i don't know he seems at peace. What do you, right. well, I think he found, I think he found, um, freedom. Uh, you know, when, when you make Enlightenment. the amount of money that he was making, you get to a point where you go, I don't really need to work anymore. So then I don't really need to continue with this persona that people expect me to be as Jim Carrey. So now I can kind of relax a little bit. I think Jim, thank God lasted long enough where he made it through the comedian side of it. And now he just gets to live life with what it is his comedy uh, brought to him. And he has this incredible life. And now he can really focus on his relationships and himself and mm -hmm. love himself and find that. And 
it, he's not concerned about whether it's going to affect his work or not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know if he created the persona of Jim Carrey necessarily as much as like when, when you're young and you're trying to make it and you're feeling all of those things, you know, you don't want to be on stage just dribbling about the depression, the anxiety you're feeling. So it's like you try and you try and create this persona that is much more easygoing and much more fun and entertaining and it's stuck for him. So then it becomes the thing of like, continue that as much as possible. And then he just got deeper and deeper into what it was he was doing until he was doing these amazing projects and playing amazing characters. And then I think he kind of reached the the climax of it all. There was a time though, I remember a couple of word shows, I, I forget what they were, where he was going on and he would walk through the audience and then he came up and kissed someone and kissed mm -hmm. another. And I think he had right. to sort of keep what you were saying, Sharna, keep something going, whatever yeah. was created, this bigness, this, this mm. is Jim Carrey. And it's like, oh, I have to play that part. I just can't walk normally through the audience and say, oh, everyone, thank you so much. It had to be something bigger than life because that's how he was known as. Right. I guess that's interesting, right? It's something that just sort of clicks. I can't remember we're having an episode on Jim Carrey. This is how it ended up, but it's great. Um, he was so method with Man on the Moon, right? He became Andy Kaufman. And maybe that was exactly like what you're saying, that he had to continue the the likeness of who he was in movies in actual mm -hmm. real life, because it was so a part of how he did what he did, you know, it just had to continue for him in that method way of acting as opposed, there was no off switch for him, or maybe there was, but we never got to see the off switch. I, if that is the case, I can imagine that is incredibly exhausting. Well, and it's so funny because I think in man on the moon in that movie, it was kind of the same with Andy Kaufman, the character, no one really knew who he was yeah. exactly are oh, really you? and then he was he was multiple characters within his within his own existence which right. is what oh, wow he was incredibly confusing because he what? would be he would be this shy you know the this shy character on taxi but then in real life he was much more like animated with what he did but he did like he was outlandish that's right oh interesting yeah, yeah. You know, something that I found fascinating that the listeners might enjoy is his story about manifesting and calling things in. Yeah. Have you heard that story? He where spoke he, about that on Kim's? Oprah. Yeah. Yeah. He Jim wrote Carey, himself, so he wrote himself a check, right? For $20 million. Right? It was for 10 services, million or 20 million. 20 million for services rendered. For services rendered. And back in in that day, that that was insane. They're like unheard of that someone would um would make. 20 million uh, a, a movie. And then he would go up to this, I guess he'd drive up to like Mulholland or something. And he would sit there and he would hold the check and he would look at the check and he would just feel gratitude for that. Thank you for services rendered. Thank you. And then, you know, Amazing. shortly, I, right. You know, a Cut little bit to, after, he, he gets actually, paid $20 million per film. Yep. Crazy. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. I heard him telling that story on Oprah. I was like, wow, that is really powerful impressive. right yeah yes hey girlfriends it's me carol fisher i'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of the girlfriends in season one we told you about the murder of gail katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend bob at one point a woman's torso washed up on staten island and was misidentified as gail she spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Okay, moving on. Randy, you shared a story because we just spent like 20 minutes talking about Jim Carrey. You just never know where we're going to go. That that's I know. You don't. Funniest. You know, tangents. That was a pretty big one. That's why I look forward <laughs> yeah. to these because you never know. Our producers, just for those listening, are, are messaging us like, hey, let's talk about something. Else. Right. Totally. They're writing on the chat because there's, like, oh, there's shit, constantly little like rogue. thought bubbles we've popping up rogue. like, hey, let's change the yeah. subject. Let's try yeah. something new. This episode is going to be called Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who knew it was going to go so wrong today? But wait. I just Randy. want to end that with I'm a huge fan of his. Okay, so now let's now let's move on. Randy. <laughs> yeah, you could come on the podcast just anytime. Close this Jim. out the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, we'd love to have you on. We're big fans. <laughs> Thank you for Randy. being here. I'm gonna manifest it. I'm just gonna sit on Mulholland thinking like right. gratitude. Thank you, Jim, for coming on to it oldish. I love it so much. Randy, tell us, tell our listeners the story. Your daughter said something very fun, funny, and very, it's a very oldish story about something she thought would look great with your hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I had to write you all and share this. Mm-hmm. So she's yeah. home from school and we're sitting on the couch and she gets very excited to tell me. She's looking at me, of course. And you know that look when children are looking at you. But they're not and looking you can- at you. They're <laughs> picking apart everything about you. Uh-huh. Right, they're looking at your hair. Yeah. They're looking at your lips. You you can just yeah. see their eyes moving. Yeah. Oh my god. And she said, "So when <laughs> she said when your hair turns fully white, which might be soon, I think that you should have purple tips." She said, "I saw it on this old man the other day, and it looked really good. <laughs> There's something about purple and white and the combination that yeah. looks so good." Wait, she said, I saw it on an old man. She said, I saw it on an old man. And the sentence before was, when your hair turns fully white, comma, which it will, which could happen soon. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I love deceased. I love this. I sat there not knowing if I should laugh or cry or be upset or just celebrate that moment. I, I didn't know yeah. what, so I texted you. Like, you texted, and then, I love and then we all Please. laughed. We all just sent like laughing emojis. Yeah. And, At you and yeah. with you, obviously. Yeah. For um, you. We were laughing thank- for you. That's what yeah. it was, Randy. Please thank her for that because that is just beautiful. Oh. And you know what? I think he would rock some purple tips. Just saying. I'm going to call Lance Bass for tips. There you go. Tips Unintended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well played. I yeah. see. I'm here all now, day. Now that right? was well a dad played. joke if I ever heard one. Just so you know. They come. Was- 
they roll off the tongue like drinking right. water. I don't know yeah. what it is. I can't help it. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a dad and it literally like my brain goes there all the time. Like it's just yeah. nothing but puns and stupid yeah. things. So funny. Oh man. What about for you? Do you, I mean, that was certainly my oldish moment when my daughter said, when your hair turns fully white, which will be soon. <laughs> but was, was there anything youngish, oldish, anything about the last week that, uh, that would be interesting for the listeners to hear. Oh, probably so much. Like, well, right now we're planning Bodie's birthday party. Bri ha is has organized the trip to San Diego. And it was at one point just going to be him and like five boys. And he looked at me. He's like, I think like he's great with kids. He's like, I think I'm a little nervous about this. This is going to yeah. be a lot. That's because, like a lot of boys on the be, brink because of puberty. If one of them is like highly allergic to dairy and gluten highly like so i know like okay EpiPen's gonna come with like i you know i have to watch like watch him closely at night he's really great with it two of the other kids dietarily are like no gluten no dairy so it's like i have all of these it's you know it was meant to be just this like out of town fun thing and now it's like okay out of town and fun but still i have to be beyond just cautious of kids not doing dangerous stupid things yeah making sure that they don't eat something dangerous right. and stupid also like it's a whole yeah. it just yeah. adds a whole another layer to you know being a responsible parent. yeah but it's possible one of the other parents can go with him and have, make it like a full boys weekend the parent actually of the kid that's highly allergic so that would yeah. be a, that would be super helpful because i won't Fingers be able crossed. to go um i'm right. celebrating a birthday with one of my friends so i, I hope that for him and we're organizing the actual birthday party here. I'm doing that. We're getting a, a game truck again, which is super fun. A game fun. truck. Yep. Yeah. Game truck. Honestly, if you have boys. What, what is that? It's a it's oh a truck God. that literally is decked out with a bunch of TV screens inside screens. and video game oh, machines. Oh, like gaming. Yeah, gaming. it's a gaming, gaming truck. truck. Yeah, and okay. the kids go down. We have it for like three hours. And so the kids, it shows up and the kids just go down yeah. there and they play with each other and against each other for like three hours. And and it's monitored and it's only kid, like age appropriate games. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, there's nothing to worry about. And honestly, the adults get to sit in, have a, have a glass of wine if they want to have a, a nice chat. It's like I an had, adult I hangout. had an oldish moment this morning, baby. I was clean. So we have a, um, we have a rabbit enclosure that we've built in the backyard oh, so or good, that I yeah. built. And, um, so I was out there cleaning it this morning, um, cleaning up rabbit poop and everything in the, in there. And I had this little like hand broom and little dustpan dust <laughs> and I was down hand broom. Yeah. Wait, can we have a line? Yeah, a dustpan. This is a hand broom. Yeah. <laughs> I love a hand that. broom. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> a hand broom. But it um, looks like sorry. a hand broom. If you saw yeah. it, you'd understand. It's just a little tiny one that you hold. Like it's not, you can't stand up with it. It's just a little one it's that so you, you know. It's so sophisticated. It sounds like a oh. barber shop, you know, hand broom or something. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, totally. it, it seems like it, except that this enclosure has these tiny little like sort of screen door entrances in it. So I'm mm -hmm. down on my hands and knees, slowly sweeping rabbit poop into like a, you know, um, into what do you, what do you call that? The, the, a hand dustpan. A dustpan, right? A hand exactly. Bin. A hand bin. Yeah. And um, and Zane comes outside and he's playing, and I realize like it's, you know, that vision you have when you were younger, and like somebody is at the house doing work, like a plumber or somebody, and they're bent over, and it's like their <laughs> pants are way too low, so butt crack is out the whole. And I was sitting there, and I feel Zane like poking and playing with my lower back and my butt crack because my pants are down. And I was like, what is, yeah. I was like, wait, I'm dead. What is this going is on? No, stop. That's unreal. Yeah. He's just sticking his finger yeah, down your totally. butt crack. Yeah. That's yeah. unreal. Yeah. I wish that I caught that on video. And guys. then I had that moment of like, okay, yeah, I've, uh, I've got some, my, my butt crack is showing. Yeah, I'm down yeah, on my hands and knees, slowly sweeping rabbit poop out of, you know, trying to get it out of the cage <laughs> with a hand broom. With a hand broom. Do you have to wear pan. a I'm a surprised face? you didn't try and put no. Legos Ask. down it. No, because they're little, they're pellets. Oh, so they, it's yeah, not like it's, yeah, smell. there's, they're not dusty. It's, you know, they eat nothing but hay and greens anyway. Um, but 
They're just little brown balls that honestly. I had a moment of like, I remember when I used to be cool and now I'm on my hands and knees, like, you know, slowly sweeping, sweeping um, rabbit rabbit poop poop as my, as my infant is sticking his finger into my butt crack that is showing. (laughs) You're lucky he wasn't sticking actual objects down into your butt crack. I'm super lucky. Like Lego. Yeah. Super lucky. Yeah. That that would be painful. (laughs) Oh, I love it. That's unreal. You have a plumber's crack, baby. So hot. Yeah. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sharna, I had a question for you. Okay. Um, I can't remember now because, you know, we're Just talking about all things oldish. I, it was a couple weeks ago, I think, and I think you mentioned something about kids and activities and when to let them guide. So for instance, like piano lessons, right? I I think most kids get to the point where they're like, okay, I'm done. I've done this. Do you let them just stop that and explore other things? Or when is the right time to push or to sort of like hold them to some grit of now, but if you're going to get good at something, now you, we really have to practice this and you have to keep going. I know, right. you know, that that's a, a conversation over here at our house. It's what a conversation. About you guys? It's tough. We talk about that's it all the time. One. I don't, 
I don't know if we have it even right just yet. We're finding the balance. I see we, Brian and I both grew up in a world where you, you had a busy schedule, you did things, you were a no quitter, like me with dance, Brian with acting and music. Like it was, it's not that I never had the option, but it was just, I was pushed, you know, it, and it was, and it was intense. And yes, I went through times of wanting to be a normal kid or resenting it or, or whatever, but it gave me work ethic. It gave me a career. It like, it gave me so many um qualities in my personality, my morale, my, you know, pr- professionalism, all those sorts of things, knowing I can do hard things, all of that. So yeah. the, there's so much beauty in that. But then at the same time, like I see our kids now and it's like, oh, they have potential in that, but I don't want to push them into it so that they don't want it. But they're kind of coming home and saying, oh, they just don't want to do it anymore. And it's like, I don't know. Sometimes they love it and sometimes they don't. Like for piano lessons, you know, for example, we have one child that has is freakishly talented at piano lessons, can learn Mozart's fifth off of YouTube and play it like unreal. But when it came to doing lessons and actually sitting down and doing technique, didn't want to do it, wanted to quit. And we tried for a while to, to keep them going in it, but it just felt like, oh my God, are we doing the wrong thing here and pushing them? What we say now to our kids, and this seems to work, but I don't know, we're still growing with it. I'll take all the advice is quit on a good day. Don't quit on a day where it's hard or you didn't have fun or you learned something new or you felt bored. Quit on a good day. Quit on a day where you know you're doing well at it, you're enjoying it, you've accomplished something and then say, okay, I'm done here. Um, And that seems to have worked well. They go, okay, you know, and so they won't quit that day. I think knowing that there is an opportunity for them to say, I want to stop. Um, but it gives them an, also another opportunity to want to keep going. But I don't know, man. Baby, what do you think? I mean, like, I don't know it's what that so, line is when you push yeah. and when you don't. It's so, it's so hard. hard. It's so hard. I, I, it's like you said, baby. We're we're still figuring it out. Like any um, any advice from anyone is more than welcome. So appreciated. It's uh, it's careful what you ask thing. for. <laughs> Give it to me, Randy. What you got? <laughs> no, no, I'm not even saying for me. I'm just saying, you know, to throw out like, Hey, everyone, right. give me whatever advice. There's yeah. going to be a right. lot of things coming. I I certainly don't have the answer to, uh, to this. I mean, it's something that I'm figuring out as well with my wife and I, I see both sides. So I'll just talk about this. I, I I want the work ethic. I think there is something so valuable in that. And work ethic is only taught by doing the work and being consistent, (laughs) right? You could talk about how it's good or helpful, but you know, kids, right? Oh, it's helpful for your later years. That means nothing. Actually doing it and maybe finding the examples of where it's already helped them. Sometimes that can be helpful. Um, but yeah, I, I, I see. So my oldest daughter is insanely, she, she was a, a, I think a gifted dancer. She was born, she could do the over splits, whatever you call those. Mm-hmm. Um, incredibly strong. I mean, she was holding her head up literally by the second week like this it was yeah. <laughs> i've never seen anything like it and she's like really 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 uh strong and graceful and she danced for years and it really moved her and then at some point she's like i, I don't want to do it anymore it's heartbreaking as a parent it is when, you, when, when someone you see is your child so is so good, good. yeah oh, and then I have to remind myself, okay, maybe that's not her trajectory, but at what point do you go, uh, okay, but maybe we should stick with it here because you are good. What's going on? Is it just hard? Is it that you want to do other things? Is it that you want to have a play date, but you're not able to like, what is really driving the decision? Um, Cause I know for me, I wish that I would have done and stuck with more things when I was young. Um, 
you know, music being one of them, I wish that I would have learned to play an instrument because it's mm-hmm. so much easier to learn when you're young versus mm-hmm. when you're old, older, oldish. See, I have the same and I was pushed. Right. So, right. and that's where my, my thought process comes in. Like, I don't remember the play dates I didn't go on. And I certainly don't now think about the times I didn't get to hang out at the shopping center with all my friends or go to a movie. Now I think about piano is one of them. I could have been a great piano player, long fingers, all the things, but I was bored. I didn't want to sit still. I wish that I was made to stick with ballet because it's an unbelievable foundation for all forms of dance um, and would have only helped me more and more in my strength and flexibility later in life and even now in my dancing. But I stopped ballet when I was like 13 because, again, I wanted to just do these things. Now, my parents didn't know. They did an amazing job at I was good at a lot of things and they couldn't afford to keep me in everything. So there's that, too. But my point is, I wish that I did more and I did a lot. So it's like. Right. Right. But let me ask you now, as the adult looking back on the 13 year old self, how could that have come to you? that would have allowed you to stick with ballet when you were in that, uh, I want to do other things. That's I, don't, a tough question. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to speak for my 13 year old self in that sense. I do know I was the kind of kid that if I was told I was staying in it, I would have stayed in it. You know, I wasn't a tantrum kid. I wasn't right. going to then make a, a fuss or, um, uh, drama within that class so I could get kicked out of it. Like I would, I was a very much do what you told kid. Um, and I had been active since before I even started school in activity. So I was, bu- I was used to being busy all the time. So I don't, I don't really know. I think if I was told that I was going to stay in it for a bit longer, I would have gone, okay. But my parents probably saw that I was so busy doing so many things anyway. I was doing jazz at the time as well and ballroom and playing sports at school. They were probably like, eh, what's one? And who were they to know at the time that ballet would have been an amazing foundation? They weren't dancers. Um, So I don't really know. But I piano, though, I probably would have been like, but I don't want to go. I'm bored because I hated sitting down for so long for an hour. But I don't know. I think about with, you know, raising Zane and I I know that I want to, before he goes to school, have him in activities, have him in a little baseball team or kick a ball around or, you know, whatever that is to start building team skill sports and communication. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, again, I was in dance at four, you roll around in a tutu. Like it's, you, <laughs> it's not really, or three even, it's not really dance, but it is, it teaches coordination, cooperation, teamwork, socializing with, you know, other kids, male and female. It it was absolutely skill building and um, invaluable for me in my growth. So I want Zane to have the same things. Uh, it's just, you know, what to do with when they get to a point of, I don't want to do this anymore. How do you approach right. it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. It, it's it's <laughs> right? just such I don't a, know. yeah. I, I mean, it, it's, it's great to not have answers on something and just sit with the process of it. I mean, it kind of reminds me, well, let me backtrack here. <laughs> How many times have you heard the stories where uh, teenagers would be involved on a, in a sports team or an after-school club or something, and you know they say later that saved my life because it it kept me out of trouble. For I mean, sure. there is something to be said about too much idle time. That said, we're also in a day and age where you know children's anxiety is through the roof and Mm -hmm. it's so much more prevalent these days than it was just five, 10 years ago. Yeah. So then there's that. And sometimes uh, there's a great author. I don't know if you've read it. I think his name um, is Kim John Payne, if I'm not mistaken. I'm totally blanking on the title of the book right now. Um, but he was a uh, psychologist and he went to, I guess for his studies, he had to volunteer and put in a certain amount of time uh, in this war-torn country where there was active war going on and the children who lost their parents, he would be with them at night. And then he went back 
to, uh, to London and went into private practice and said, okay, I don't have to do that anymore. That was very, very, very hard. And the wealthier kids that were coming in that could afford uh, private, you know, to go to private therapy, he was bewildered because he was seeing the same look in the children's eyes as the children who were traumatized losing parents. And so he talked to his colleagues and tried to figure out what this was and since wrote, you know, a bunch of books about this is the overscheduling, the the mm. anxiety, the the just being busy all the time and how hard that is for children. God, interesting. So it's like where's the where's the balance? The balance. There's too much and not enough. Yeah. I know this is sort of a bigger topic, but I think it's worth bringing up the the whole school system in and of itself. I mean, again, I, I'm not an educator, so I am I am somewhat ignorant in this area. But I think the the the, the whole system in and of itself. It's like my daughter comes to me, daughters, and they bring certain things home where I'm thankful that they're doing it. And also I look at my 45 years on the planet and I'm like, I, I have I've never, never used that once ever. Totally. Mm -hmm. And what was really interesting is the, the programming, right? Because one of my daughters was, she was doing the school capital, the, the, the state capitals. Mm -hmm. And it was fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then I realized, oh, my other daughter never did that in her class. And I started to panic and make up a story really quick. Oh, my gosh, she's maybe she's not getting a, a good education in that class because she is not learning this. And then I thought, in the grand scheme of things, will that make you money? Will that make you succeed? Is there anything that is going to be really that beneficial about knowing the capitals of the states? Right. right. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues 
pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. So funny enough, we just had a conversation a conversation about school with one of uh, one of the teachers at school because you know I come very much from the from the idea of not all kids are going to be straight A students and academic you know run academic decathlons and be just amazing that way. I wasn't, but to me, the thing that is important is to always get a sense of your child is trying as long as they're putting an effort. If the effort doesn't come up at the highest standard, but you tried your hardest, that to me is that's the work ethic that's being built. I have a lot of the same views uh, of education. There are a lot of things where now in life, looking back, I, I haven't used 90% of the things that I, that I was forced to work on in school. It's not to say though that I won't or I wouldn't in a certain career, but I think, you know, I I am much more under the belief that you there are certain things in life that you will absolutely use. Having a basic understanding of math, it just to know right, but like, how basic because well, algebra. Well, like, no, well, no, but that's not, not but algebra. that's not basic math. <laughs> unless you're but gonna to, be an engineer, right? Right. Until right. unless you realize for the career that you're best that you that suits you the most, that that is a part of the career. But you know, I basic math in a sense of okay, if you're out at a restaurant and you have to know what a tip should be or what it, what the tax is gonna be on something or how much those are things where it's like, okay, you need to have an understanding of basic math. Life to be math. able to get through life. Life math. Yeah. Life so you know math. you're not getting ripped yeah. off. Right? Life yeah. skills. You can do right. your life, taxes. Life, uh, you know, English of how to write yes. resumes, how to write things. I mean, some of these things, it's like, how is this going mm -hmm. to serve you in life? I think there should be a reorganization of some of the education because I hear a lot from parents a lot from parents. I mean, I've coached families, I've coached, uh, you know, teenagers out of high school and college students and parents. And a lot of it is like, I am not prepared for the world. Right. right. And, totally. and I think that it's like, well, if you're not prepared for the world and you go out in the world and then you don't feel good about yourself. Right. What does that set up? It sets up anxiety and then it sets up these negative thought patterns of not feeling good about yourself. I just feel like if we could rearrange a couple things in education and make it work in a way that is going to serve, uh, you know, these child children slash becoming adults, something. I is, think, I think the difference is like, between let's learn how private to do and public school. Yeah. Right. Let's learn totally how to do taxes that. instead of the capitals of states. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like talk about what you're going to use in life is I, I still to this day feel illiterate when it comes to my taxes. I have people mm -hmm. do them for me. I have the end of year chat where they tell me like I'm much better than I used to be, but they'll go through my year and all the things and this from there and that from here and corporation, blah, blah, blah. And I do the thing it, you talked about doing. You just nod, Randy. Nod. Like you just yeah. sort of nod <laughs> in agreement like say yes. for it to yeah. move on because it's like, you don't want to look like a dummy every time going, I don't understand any of this. Like and this I is German it. that you're speaking. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel like a dummy. I feel insecure about it. So insecure that I don't even know like but where to start it. learning it. Like I'm going to be annoying if I ask questions. I revert to like childhood behavior. Right. And I wish that I had learned these things in school. And that's not necessarily learning math to me. Like I can't remember how to do long division. The kids had to show me the other day. So it's, it's really crazy. interesting. When, when Cash started high school, he went to a private school and they were teaching. And a lot of schools are doing this. They're teaching different forms uh like wh when yeah. he was going to school they were doing they were focusing on singapore math 
I don't know if you know anything about that, but it is the concept of, of being open to different ways of, of finding an answer instead of just this one, what they normally teach in math. There's one way of doing things. It's like, oh, okay, if you're going to get that answer, you need to multiply, you need to divide, you need to add or subtract. You need to, you know, you need to break that down into, you have to move the decimal into, it was these different ways of finding an answer. And they, um, they not only embraced that, they encouraged that. And I think that, you know, the concept of that is really, is really pushing this thought for me of what you said, life math, basic math, like being able to go out into life and problem solve and come up with an answer, find a solution just in using your brain and figuring out like, okay, how do I get to that solution? Not like, oh, what is the process? Okay. First I add, and then I subtract, and then I, yeah, I borrow from a friend and then I right. multiply and I, you know, the like long division and all those, it's such a process. And it's like, if you don't remember the steps perfectly, you're lost. Right. And there's, there's memorizing, there's knowing, and yeah. then there's understanding. And I think the understanding, yeah. it's like, here's the chemical reaction and then here's the right answer. But let's talk about the chemical reaction. Why is this happening? So you get right. the fundamental understanding underneath because right. in life, then you're going to look at things differently. It's, it's what I found. Like I am constantly pushing people around me that are talking about things that I don't understand. Like, please talk to me like I'm five. Right. Because, because I want to have a complete understanding of this. So I want you to break it down to that simple explanation and then start growing that way. Because once I understand something completely and I can really wrap my brain around it, then I find the passion in it. If that's not explained to me, I there's a part of me that does what you said. I just kind of nod my head in agreement until hopefully it goes away because it's daunting. It feels so much bigger than I can possibly um, comprehend at this point. Uh, you know, it, unless I'm in something long enough and you're surrounded by it enough, but in daily life, it doesn't necessarily work that way. So I'm always trying to encourage people around me to really break things down in the simplest form in explaining them to me. So I really understand what it is and then feel like I'm a part of it. Like, oh, that's, you know, it's really interesting. And then I start trying to problem solve myself within a subject that I wouldn't normally have any uh, understanding of. Question question for both of you. If there was two subjects that you wish you'd learned or things that you wish you'd learned in school or that you wish for your kids to learn in school, what would it be? A foreign language for me. I wish I'd spent more time really focusing in like Spanish class and things like that. I think um, I feel so ignorant sometimes when I travel and, you know, whether, whether it's Spain and it's, and it's, Spanish or it's anywhere else um, drives me insane that some people now their their brains can um, really digest two, three, four languages. And for me, it's like, I, I can remember some words from another language, but like, I right. don't have, I don't have the skill of being able to sit and but that's really- an option. Do you know what I mean? I mean, like what's not offered in schools that you wish was offered to you? Because language is offered. You can choose to No, learn. language Language when I was in school was, uh, it, it was part of the curriculum. You you had to choose a lot, but like Spanish class, those were, um, th those those weren't like, uh, I didn't get to choose. Right, those. summer they, they weren't elective. Until you get an elective. I think. Got right. you. Okay. For me, it would be taxes. How to understand taxes? But and was money that taught in school? No, that's what was I'm that... saying. Things that were not taught oh, in school are the things like it. I'm. I'm wondering what's not offered that if you could wish that it was offered. Yeah, I wish finance was was offered. Finance that would and taxes huge. and um, breath work and meditation. Mm -hmm. I wish was le was learned. Yeah. when I was a kid to start healthy de healthy debate. That <laughs> would have been yeah. would have been yeah. nice. Like you know, learning how to having a better understanding of uh, listening to people and being able to have differences of opinion and that being okay. Totally. Um, because that's not taught skills. at all. Communication is nowhere. Right. Communication nowhere would, be, would be a huge one. So that would be my vote is communication and 
uh, public speaking within communication, mm. like communicating, mm. communicating feelings, becoming aware, how to communicate things, and then having to stand up and communicate. Um, mm -hmm. Huge, important skill in my yeah. book. And also, um, oh, what's the other one I was thinking of? Business, hands down. Yeah. Business, how to start your own business. How a business works. Oh, totally. What all That's you, what all you need within it. Yeah. All the ins and outs because, look, at some point you could pick a career. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and at some point you could uh, not be enthralled with that career. You could want to switch. What I find from people when I hear a lot is it's like, daunting. Randy, I'm stuck. Randy, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't know how to pivot. Knowing how to pivot is one of the biggest life skills we could ever, ever have. And having the freedom to go, oh, there's something I'm interested in. Not just like, oh, that's an idea. And then two days later, you're like, yeah, I don't want right. to do that's that. That's too much I work. I don't even know do. where to start. Instead of the overwhelm, it's like, oh, wait, I know how to do this. I've practiced this. I've had mock businesses that I've had in school. I actually started this, which would include finance. And how to, uh, you know, pr write a, a PL sheet, how to uh, manage money. I mean, all that you have to do in a business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. I've well, we got deep agreed. there for a sec. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we did. Yeah. School and education. <laughs> we and we started Jim with Jim education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, a, lo a lot can happen in a Life Lately episode. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this <laughs> is what happens when we don't have a guest. <laughs> and then. <laughs> I, we'd love to know from you what uh, what your opinions are. What would you have really liked to learn in school that totally. you didn't? Um, and also, what you know, what's your take on like? Do things need to change? Do you like the way that they are in terms of the education system? What's your take on it? We'd like mm -hmm. to know. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes, you guys are amazing. Make sure you guys go and follow us on Instagram at, at OldishPod. And you can also go and leave us a message at our own hotline, which is 855-OLDISH-3. Make sure and write us a review. Leave us five stars if you loved it. Leave us five stars if you didn't. We it love helps. five stars. <laughs> we love five stars. Yeah, we like five stars. stars. Yeah. See you all next right. week. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you next week, everyone. Psst. There's a shortcut to platinum status at Shell. To saving 10 cents per gallon on every fill every day. Just fill up six times with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline and it's yours. Plus, you'll rejuvenate your engine. Get ready to level up performance, rewards, and savings. With continuous use in gasoline direct injection engine fuel injectors, platinum status is earned with 12 fill-ups over three months, 10-gallon minimum per fill-up at participating Shell locations. Terms apply. Visit fuelrewards.com status. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.